0: the highs and lows of their pursuits and how through their passion they are moving the culture forward. Be sure to follow Verbally Effective and Ina Esco on Instagram. Also download the Verbally Effective podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to check out the website and submit to be a guest at verballyeffective.com
1: what's up it's your girl cookie 901 and i'm here with my girl ina esco on the verbally effective podcast it's the memphis empress follow me on everything at i am underscore 901 this is i make mad beats ceo and founder of unapologetic i'm here with ina esco on the verbally effective podcast
0: Greetings, greetings, and welcome to another edition of the Verbally Effective Podcast powered by We Are Memphis. Bring your soul. I'm your host, your double E, Ina Esco. I want to send a huge shout out to my good friend Fabian Matthews with Spotlight Productions for allowing us to pod in this amazing, beautiful space today. New look, right? I love it. So, we're going to jump right into it. I have a phenomenal woman in the building with me. She is a creative, she's an entrepreneur, an artist. She does a lot and she loves local, she loves black. We're going to get all into it. I am talking about Taliba Safiya. Yes. Welcome to the pod, beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. How are you doing today? I'm
1: feeling good. I'm in my element, so
0: I'm ready to talk to you. Okay, so we're (laughs) going to jump right in. What part of Memphis are you from? I'm from Orange Mound, South Memphis. Okay, the Mound. Mm -hmm. Tell me about growing up in the Mound.
1: You know, I came from a neighborhood which was uh, very deeply family. It was a lot of families in the neighborhood. We used to play outside a lot. And I had a really positive upbringing in the Mound. It was... Some of us who were really focused on school and extracurricular activities and some of us who were not focused on that. So it was okay. a positive balance. I yeah. got a real Memphis scope yeah. growing up there. And I was in South Memphis a lot, too, because that's where my grandparents were. And it was the same there. It's just yeah. like, honestly, very positive kids getting into shit. So okay. that was that. <laughs> but. It was beautiful. But you know
0: what? I'm starting to understand your connection with the male now. You mm-hmm. grew up right in that very space. I sure did. and yep. a strong connection with the male.
1: Definitely. And I'm really close to there now. Um, my husband and I live in Castilia, So that's okay. like literally yeah. not too far from Orange Mountain. Wow.
0: Yeah. Okay. So tell me about, you know, the high school life. Tell me about them high school days and what was Taliba into?
1: <laughs> um, high school. So I went to... Overton first, and then I went to Central. Overton, I was in the theater program. Okay. So I was acting. I was enjoying being on stage. I was enjoying being the center of attention. Yes. Um, I really started to discover how to be in a social scene in high school because I was um, homeschooled a lot of years in elementary school.
0: Okay,
1: And so by the time I got to high school, I was like, I think I understand the social aspects of what's going on here. And I really started to... I guess feel myself then. Then I went to Central. Yeah, yourself, I understand. I definitely did. <laughs> and then at Central, it was um. Wait, why why the move arts. to Central? Why did I go to Central? Uh, academically, Overton wasn't serving me as much. Okay. Performing arts was serving me, but I think my mom was like thinking about what my college experience was going to be mm-hmm. like, which I didn't do that for that
0: long. But, okay, but um, that's mom kind of influenced that. As she well. definitely did. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I would
1: have. Wanted to leave Overton. Yeah. I went to Overton with the friends of mine from Colonial. So we went from choir together to the performing arts school. Mm-hmm. And I was not looking forward to leaving them. Yeah, But um, luckily, when I went to Central, I knew a lot of folks there, too. So okay. I was able to adjust fairly quickly and almost kind of develop a different persona.
0: So that was cool. So did, you know, I know there was a big transition for you going from the performing arts, mm-hmm. serving that you know, love for it to Central. Did mm-hmm. they have a big performing arts? Or? They
1: did, but I wasn't really into it. But I was acting at Hattie Lou. So I mm-hmm. was able to still kind of get my theater rocks off by yeah. performing in a in my professional setting, with Hattie Gotcha. Lou. Yep. In their early days, at their first location.
0: Yes, Hattie um, Lou. Shout out to Hattie Lou. Theater, we love Hattie honey. Lou. Yep. And you know what? And let me back up for a minute. I, I heard you say you were homeschooled for a while. Mm-hmm. How long were you homeschooled? I went to school. I went to Hanley in the fifth grade. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Okay. So what happened when you graduated from Central High School? When I graduated from Central, I moved to D.C. and I went to Howard for a
1: year. Okay. Okay, how, where HBCU? Yeah, it was a necessity for me to go to HBCU. Um, But when I got there, I realized I really wasn't interested in traditional education anymore. And so I stayed there for a year and a half, and I really just went out to do my own thing after that. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like an academic challenge. I was doing great in school. I was Mm majoring in theater. But I realized I really wanted to sing. And I think that a lot of times people get into the performing arts space in college and they kind of get in a loop Mm -hmm. where they're super educated, but they're not really connected to, um, like, the daily life of being an artist outside of, like, the school setting. So I was like, I felt like it was a trap, low key. And that's not true for everyone, but Mm -hmm. for me, I didn't think it was the space that I could thrive. So I was like, I want to go to the school of life.
0: Okay. And I
1: stayed in D.C. I was, like, working in restaurants and stuff, singing at open mics, mm. trying to learn how to be an excellent songwriter. That was my goal at that time. I was like, what I want to go to school for is how to be an excellent songwriter. And that comes from life experience. Yeah. So for me, I was like, I want to be in school, but I don't want to be in this kind of school. Okay. So thankfully, my parents, um, they supported me in that I was about decision. to say, what did
0: your mom say? She...
1: She knows that if I'm determined to do something, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, instead of being in opposition, she wanted to be of support. Mm-hmm. And my dad was the same way. You know, he mm-hmm. I grew up going to comedy clubs with him, so mm-hmm. his energy was artistic as well, and they understood the desire to be on stage. I think a lot of people don't understand what being on stage does for the heart and the mind. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so having parents that understood that was definitely of wow. service to me shifting out of school.
0: Let's talk about that for a minute, um, especially your father mm-hmm. um, being a radio legend in Memphis, oh. P.A. Bow Money. Let's yes. talk about your relationship with your dad yes. and just growing up in that radio space. Yeah, well, that was definitely
1: like, um, that was – highly influential to my confidence of being on stage watching him and knowing him in a like normal life setting as my dad and seeing his performance. self, I used to be enamored, like Mm -hmm. this man is hilarious. Everyone loves him. I was like, he's so handsome and that's (laughs) my dad. Like I was so proud of him as a kid, you know, and he really um, allowed me to have experiences that a lot of people that are minors didn't really get to do by going to like comedy clubs and stuff with him at a young age. And so that was beautiful, and even just growing up with him being on a radio station and listening to, like, soul classics when, you know, early 2000s music was, like, a lot of, I don't even know what to call it. It was hip-hop, but it was, like, dance mm-hmm. hip-hop. It wasn't, like, lyrically um, challenging or storytelling a lot of times, the music that was on the radio in my time. So being able to listen to soul classics was, like, yo, these voices, yeah. this instrumentation, instrumentation, this storytelling, that was definitely, like, yeah. I like this. I want to make music like this.
0: So so, you weren't connected to that 2000 trend. Not really, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I hear
1: it now as an adult, I'm like, oh, yeah. I remember, like, memories that I connect to with that music. But I was never really that into it. Yeah. Like, I liked R&B at the time. I used to listen to a lot of um, Destiny's Child. But I also really loved, we listened to a lot of Neo Soul. So I listened to a lot of, like, Ibadou. um, Yeah. D'Angelo. Angie Stone. Yeah. You know, stuff like that that I grew wow. up listening to. So. Okay.
0: Yeah. Now let's talk about <clears throat> when you transitioned from Memphis and went to D.C. to Howard. Was it a big culture shock for you going from the mound to to D.C.? Because you know, that's a whole nother world. It is a whole other world, but,
1: like, I wouldn't say culture shock because I feel like shock comes with, like, a element
0: of fear.
1: Mm-hmm. So I I experienced, like, a cultural invigoration. Mm. I was like, oh, shit. Like just
0: embraced it.
1: Yes. Well, also, like, I think it's a black city, so Mm -hmm. it's very important to me to live in places where I see a lot of black people. Also, living in D.C. where they have, like, the train, where you can hop on the train and go anywhere. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really driving yet when I left Memphis, Mm -hmm. and so being able to be there and hop on a train and go to all these really different neighborhoods and, like, open mics were popping. They had, like, a lot of type of food that I like, like international mm-hmm. foods, a lot of, you know, healthy foods as well. So I was like, oh, I'm trying to thrive, <laughs> I'm trying to okay. play, so I loved it.
0: <laughs> well, what brought you back to Memphis? Um, Well, I went to
1: New York after I left Okay, DC. New York. So I lived in Brooklyn for most of my years in New York, and... Wow, I learned so much living there. I loved living in Brooklyn. I loved the, like, art scene Mm -hmm. and the vibe. I loved how many black people were, like, focused on making music, making arts, like, Mm -hmm. hustling and defining success for themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I picked up while living there. And I never thought I would come back home. Mm. But, um... My husband used to run this club called the Dizzy Bird and they used to have like open mics and they would have like jazz nights and he would set up like concerts that would feature me or other artists or me and other artists. And seeing the art scene that was bubbling, I was like, oh, this is kind of (laughs) interesting. And then in New York, it was always like a lot of people trying to do the same thing. You also don't necessarily know why you're connecting to some people. It's like the relationships they are they are electric, and they're in the moment. But it, I didn't have the feeling of community that I had mm. here. I felt like the type of love I was getting in Memphis was long-lasting. It was foundational. And so in New York, it was fleeting. Like, if I was popping and I had a show, then, yeah, I'm connecting to folks. But if I'm going through something and I'm working a job and I'm like, I don't really know what I'm doing, I wasn't really connecting to anybody. But here, it's like I'm getting love no matter what how I'm feeling you right. know people are showing up so mm. I was like okay I'm going home and okay. I came home my brother and his wife were having some babies my boo was ready to be together we was like all right okay. let's do this and that's
0: that's how it ended <laughs> so up you here. came home is that when you got married we got married last
1: year so okay but we got together and got a place within yeah. like Two months of me being here. Okay,
0: look. Let's jump right in. Let's but jump we, right in. But we, you know, in. we've known each
1: other since high school. We met at Overton, so okay. okay. It was a, it was already a relationship that had been developing for some time. This fly is rude.
0: Look, this fly, yo! Like we have a fly in the studio. I feel like this is one of
1: this look, is a I fellow guest. Kill
0: it, look, kill it, Patrick, get it. <laughs> I know.
1: If we had a magazine in here, honestly, I'd I would wipe the mess out of that thing,
0: honey. <laughs> look, I re- get this. Okay. I think it went away. I think it went away. Okay, Taliba, let's jump into some of the other endeavors that you have. I know that you have the Mama Sundry, all about sustainability. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about that for a second.
1: Let's do it. Okay. Um, So Mama Sundry came about, I used to have a jewelry company called Pretty Bull, which was a big focus of mine while I was living in New York. I was highly focused on jewelry design at that time, and then when I came home, I was focused on it too, but that work for me was very isolating. It would be like me being in a room by myself working on jewelry for 12 hours, you know, sending out orders and stuff like that, and so I was communicating with my husband. We were like, I was basically like, I'm ready to move on, and we decided that, um, we wanted to do something that was culturally effective in the city that we felt like would be a positive direction for us to be moving in. And that was looking like offering people opportunities to be self-empowered through food, through learning how to be more sustainable with the type of purchases you're making, being conscious consumers. Because, you know, we be out here just buying shit sometimes right? And it's not useful. And also, like, eating things that are not valuable to the body and us learning and being students to... How to be of service to ourselves, our wellness, and our bodies, we like we want to share that with people, so we mm-hmm. built a platform to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. He um, built a garden in our yard, so we mm-hmm. go into our front yard and we're able to get kale and tomatoes. And I peppers. love it when I
0: see y'all on social media yes. getting this fresh food, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. Nothing, nothing is like some good fresh food,
1: it's nothing like it. And I love cooking personally, so I love that he loves to grow food. So I can go literally like go in the yard and pop me a jalapeno, chop it up, yes. make something delicious with that yes. and kale and mm-hmm. the herbs that we have and stuff. So it. it's really beautiful. I love it. And and
0: I know you're all about local Memphis, supporting local. Tell mm-hmm. me why is that so important to you?
1: So I guess I feel like certain people in certain companies and certain businesses, they're going to get their money regardless. I think that it's really important to honor the people in Memphis who are empowered enough to create and curate an experience for you or a product for you. And so empowering the local economic structure, I think, is important for our community success. And we're big on community. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I got friends that make juices, that make food, that make skincare um, skincare products. They make clothes, yeah. and I would rather spend my money with them than mm-hmm. people that I never met because it's like everything is energy at the end of the day. So if mm-hmm. you know somebody who's putting their own hands and their love in a product and you can support them versus True. somebody who's miserable at their job, it's
0: a lot of then damage. that's
1: like real positive <laughs> to have at your home yeah. and to at your disposal, you know. So I fuck with that personally. And then like on the food tip, you know, we have a lot of local markets, local farmers who are selling You know, fresh grown foods and stuff that we can purchase at the farmer's market. And when I go and I buy that stuff
0: and I'm looking at the person who grew it and I take it home and I eat it, it's a a different vibe. It is a different vibe. So I really appreciate that. I started a garden um, last summer. What you got in your garden? Zucchini, squash, tomatoes, bell pepper. And you can just taste the difference. Like Mm -hmm. it's different. Mm And, and it's good. Mm-hmm. Good good. You <laughs> like cooking too? I love to cook. Yes. You cooking out here. I know you cooking. Got to. Absolutely. You cooking. I'm and experimenting. Cooking regularly.
1: Experimenting yeah. and like also making um twists to classics, you know. Okay. By using local things and trying to make things more plant based as well. Mm-hmm. I mean not that I'm vegan, but mm-hmm. I think we can Make things that we love, that are classic, that don't really have live elements to them. Put some live elements in them. Make yes. them jazzy.
0: Make them real 2022. Man, you know? so good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> wow. Now, I know we're a little pressed for time, but I got to hit on a couple of more things okay. with you, Talibah. Um, I know that you're doing this big residency with the University of Memphis. Yes. And this is like the first, right? Mm-hmm. So tell me about this entire experience you're about to launch with the U of M. Okay.
1: <laughs> um. So, for me, music is the most influential art form. I think it is really... um, It really affects the way we think about ourselves, the way we think about our community, our society. And to be able to make music with a space like the University of Memphis is really, really exciting for me. And so... They had have a catalog um, of music that was made between like the 1920s and the 80s of a lot of black music and under high water records. Yes. And we did a tour in 2019 um, where we collaborated with We Are Memphis, Music Export Memphis, and um, some other local brands where we were able to do some traveling, and we called it a deep water sound. So to be contacted by the University of Memphis to work with their record label, which is called High Water, and ours that's called Deep Water, it just felt so serendipitous. Mm -hmm. And basically they hit me because I make all types of black music. I make blues music, folk music, jazz, trap. Mm -hmm. And I think that because I speak all those different languages musically, they were basically trying to create a bridge from what they have already in their catalog to things that are more contemporary. Mm -hmm. And I'm literally the perfect person for that. And they knew that. So (laughs) (laughs) they hit me up and I'm really excited to be able to like remake some of those old pieces, but also like reinterpret them and to be able to bring subjects that are relevant to what we're thinking about right now and what I'm thinking about right now in the Mm -hmm. music space. And then also to be able to bring in the other elements of healing and culture that I'm thinking about as it relates to food and community building and, you know, like sister circles, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like, they're open to all aspects of how I show up. And so I'm really excited to be able to um, work with them in that space. And I think
0: that's wonderful when, you know, you come as yourself Mm -hmm. and partner with someone and accepts you for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like that's the perfect collab. Yeah, that's (laughs) the only type of collab I'm interested in, honestly. (laughs) Because I know that you're an independent artist as well. Mm -hmm. And I was interested to know, you know, what if, you know, let's just say a big label came with a nice amount of money and wants you to come up under their label, what what would your thoughts be? It ain't all about the money, though. I know that. I
1: mean, money is definitely very okay. valuable. However, what's most valuable to me is owning my work, owning my intellectual property because that's my that's my energy. That's my wealth, honestly, yeah. is my mind and my creativity. Mm-hmm. So for me, being able to own my work is massive. And making sure I'm working with people that understand that I run this. Okay. <laughs> this is my work and my story that we're telling mm-hmm. and so to be able to you know work with the University of Memphis who's asking me what do you need how can we support you and making sure that the relationship is reciprocal and that it's mm-hmm. um genuine because you know a lot of times people want to work with artists and they they don't understand that this this shit ain't coming from nowhere like yeah if you don't speak the language sometimes you don't understand how valuable it is so mm-hmm. if I'm working with people that understand the value they understand that I own this mind and the spirit that makes this music um I'm open yeah open, open, you know, open. I'm, I'm an
0: open heart <laughs> and you know as a black woman I'm sure you've had challenges along the way with getting people to understand you as an artist mm-hmm. so tell me about some of those challenges
1: you know I feel like my black womanhood is really my my most powerful asset so that's one but also you know, sometimes people try to kinda like lowball you as far as like money, but the word no is extremely powerful. Yes. And you setting up your own valuable value is extremely um important. And that's something that I'm currently learning. Okay. To challenge folks when they say this is what we have to offer you and say and me to respond with, Well, this is what I have to offer you and this is what I expect in return. So okay. it's a, a a work in progress, something yeah. that I'm learning. Yeah. But um, yeah, people have had even like slick shit to say or tried to make me represent their brand in a certain way. that might not feel aligned with who I really am, but I'm so dedicated to myself that... You know, if we're not aligning, we're not aligning. <laughs> and right. if we are, and we, we ain't are working.
0: So, okay. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I definitely want to get into this. Uh, this is going to be my amen say amen. Repeat after me, Taliba. Amen say amen. Amen say amen. amen. <laughs> amen. amen. <laughs> okay, so you know you've already talked about your hubby, your relationship with Bertram. He's yes. on this big show, P Valley right yes. now. How are you dealing with that success that comes with that? Because Everybody's talking about this show right now. This shit turned me on, you know. It turned you on. I
1: love his success. Yes, his success is my success. Okay, so like, it fuels me. It excites me, and mm-hmm. watching him progress makes me want to do well. Yeah, and I want us to be proud of each other. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love watching him be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, because we've had times where we were feeling different you know so for us to come up grinding together and see him feeling good about himself and his work and seeing other people be attracted to him because of just who he is and Mm -hmm. like his natural success I love it okay look come on 100% (laughs) like I am here for it. So. And you
0: know what? You guys are on social media. You own businesses together. Mm-hmm. You guys are such a beautiful black couple. And, and I love to see you all do your yes. thing. Yes, it's, that's my it's friend. Amazing. <laughs> and that's good to be friends yeah. with your mate. Mm-hmm. Because everybody, girl. Everybody ain't able. Shut, ch- shut. Gonna... Ch- ch- mm-hmm. All right, Taliba Safiya, tell us what you got coming up. Um, You know, we know about the residency at University of Memphis. What about some music? Yes,
1: so I recently um, released a few things this year. I released a project um, that I worked on with a sister that's based in Memphis named Zaire Love. We did a visual together for my single Imagine That, which was so much fun. And we told a really, uh, a really... I don't even know what to call it, like gangster story okay, gotcha. behind the song, and then um I released uh, another single last month, and so those two have come out, and now I'm kind of in student mode as mm-hmm. I'm about to um go into this residency. Mm-hmm. I'm learning new things so that I can show up with some new skills and challenge myself to do something mm-hmm. really exciting with the residency. So musically, I'm really honing in on that work and being able to show folks what I'm learning.
0: yeah, So, yeah, we that's love what to we got see going it. on. We love to see it. We're going to follow your journey. I know you're going to be posting on your socials.
1: Yeah, I'll be posting on socials. Um, but also, I'll be popping up in the city. So, like, in the, this summer I'll have some shows that okay. folks can come see what I'm working on. I think it's kind of, like, focused on some intimate experiences for these next couple of shows. Mm-hmm. But if you stay close to me, I'll let you know where you can find me. And okay. I will be out here spreading the good word with the music because yes. that's what I'm here
0: for. All right. Yes. Now, I want you to let the verbally effective audience know how they can keep up with your journey. You know, how yes. can they follow you on socials, website, all of that good stuff.
1: Yes, I will do that. So, my name is Taliba Safia. It means secret of knowledge, clear-minded, and pure. I say and you can find me on uh, Instagram at talibah.safia. That's T A L I B A H dot S A F I Y A. And my website is just dot Taliba Safia on all music platforms. Run me up, y'all, like I hit. You're going to love it.
0: <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Taliba, for joining me today on the podcast. You are amazing. Thank you. I'm so glad you came today to really share you your journey. Me. Yes. And I think you're out here inspiring, you know, creatives, artists, women, yeah, black women, that's my you doubt. know, to be their authentic selves. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what I love. That's what I love so much. Thank Thank you for seeing me. I appreciate it. I see you, girl. I see you. And you are indeed verbally effective as well. (laughs) All right, guys. Make sure you all are subscribed to the podcast, Verbally Effective, on all streaming platforms check out the YouTube channel Ina Esco as well you can also hear us on WYXR every Tuesday at noon and once again big shout outs to we are Memphis bring your soul our new sponsor thanks for tuning in